This week's episode goes international, as Stiletto, a private crossdresser from the United Kingdom, comes on the Cross the Ass podcast to tell her story. She's an avid listener of the podcast and wished to share her story with you, the Cross the Ass listener. So I had the pleasure to talk to her, and she provided a lot of insight on her perspective of being a crossdresser in a small town in a country that isn't the United States. All that in this episode, plus my Yas of the Week, that features the country of Kenya making headlines, and another installment of Kirsten's Corner. This is episode 25 of the Cross Yas podcast, and I'm chuffed to bits, as they say in the UK, about my talk with Stiletto. So what do you say? Should we get this show on the road? Maybe the Abbey Road? Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast, the podcast that says yas to everything related to cross-dressing and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. Find me on Instagram at Giselle Mirasol and discover the podcast there too, at Cross Yas Podcast. The Cross Yas Podcast is also on Facebook and Twitter as well. At Cross Yas, that's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. And hey, if you got feedback, I want to hear it. Or would you consider sharing your own personal story on the podcast? Well, the answer should still be... Yes, yes, yes. Email the podcast at crossyaspodcast at gmail.com. That's C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S podcast at gmail.com. Happy almost August, everyone. Excited to get another episode out of the podcast, especially with my busy schedule. Still doing wedding planning stuff on my end. Trying to find a venue. Figuring out a guest list. The usual things, you know, that goes with weddings. And I don't know, maybe I'd love to try on a wedding dress for that, but probably not going to happen because Kirsten will let me. Just kidding. I would probably just try it just for fun, maybe take photos and stuff. I don't know, just for funsies. I'm dressing up more and I plan to go out to a nice dinner with Kirsten this week, you know, my fiance, as an early birthday present to me. Bought a bunch of stuff on ASOS.com. A little too much stuff if you ask me i dropped way too much money but i'm excited to wear them and possibly i don't know wear something that i bought on our dinner date but enough about me how about we get to my yes of the week going with the international theme this week the country of kenya did this the kenya national bureau of statistics has added a third option to the gender section the census will now include an i for those who identify with the intersex gender This was a recommendation of the task force on the intersex persons in Kenya. That's right. Kenya agreed this past Friday to finally include intersex as an option in their national census. Can you believe it? (laughs) So what's intersex mean? Again, it's like an umbrella term to describe people who are born with biological variations in their sex characteristics that don't fit typical male or female categories. There are many possible variations involving genitalia, ovaries and testicles, chromosome patterns, and hormones. The UN says that according to experts, between 0.05 and 1.7 of the population is born with intersex traits, which is cool. I mean, you know, you don't want to marginalize people or forget that small, tiny population, but hey, it's important to be recognized regardless of how small you think the population is. And this is really awesome because other countries are starting to recognize the importance of other genders because they exist. I know I focus mainly on the U.S. or first world countries, not saying that Kenya's not a first world country, but I'm just, you know, I like to talk about other countries. And in this episode, I talked to somebody from the U.K. So I don't know. That's my quick yas of the week. So my yas of the week goes to Kenya and finally recognizing other genders. If you're listening on the podcast and you're from Kenya, well, can I say congratulations well 
Kenya even say that? Sorry, too many Kenya jokes. Oh my god! Wow! And that was the... Yes! ...of the week! So this week I spoke with a crossdresser who goes by the name Stiletto. That's obviously not her real name, but her feelings towards crossdressing were quite genuine. She had plenty to say and she was a wonderful guest, like most of my guests on this podcast. And... I don't know, her accent might make it difficult for you to understand her, but mind you, she was being interviewed at 9pm her time, so give her a break. I hope you guys enjoy the talk and stay tuned for Kirsten's Corner after the interview. So let's begin the 25th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Welcome, Stiletto, to the Cross Yas podcast. Thank you. So this is a pleasure meeting you. I mean, you're the first British <laughs> British guest <laughs> I've had on the show. Thank you. Okay. Glad to know we're famous in the UK. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about yourself, Stiletto. What, what would you like to tell the Cross Yas listener? Hi, everyone. And, and first off, I want to say a big, massive thank you to Giselle for creating this podcast. I've been a big fan since the beginning, and, and, and I wait. Uh, desperately for the next one to appear, and uh, and I've really connected with what you've said and uh, and how you shared your story. But I have a very different take on cross-dressing um, because it's a very private thing for for me. I, I'm not going out in public, but uh, it's something that has been with me to different degrees uh, throughout my life. Uh, but I guess I guess it, it, as, as with most people, it started you know, really early in childhood. Mm-hmm. I remember um, one of the first memories is, is of lying in bed and praying that, that I could, um, that, that school the next day would be something that was uh, like a clothes swapping day or where maybe I could just wake up and be a different gender for the day. And I remember that was probably age six because it was definitely my, my, first, my first school and maybe my first, first couple of, uh, years that I was there and at different times I would fantasize about the idea but never really do anything about it but I never really got particularly serious until the last few years I guess hmm. and how old were you when you started you said this was 1986 you said yeah so I guess it probably was probably 88 89 when I first had the first kind of feelings about it and, and curiosity but really nothing I didn't do anything until I was kind of a teenager, so I guess mid-90s, really. I think what was really interesting for me recently is I joined a, a trans support group in my local area. And again, this is something I think that, that your podcast has helped me to be inspired to do, mm-hmm. um, to try and reach out and create quick connections with people. Right, right. And I'd always thought that because my, my upbringing, my childhood was very... Um, uh, it was a. I was in a single parent family. My my mum was uh, my sole caregiver. I was completely surrounded by women only. I didn't have a, 
father growing up or any male role models. Mm -hmm. I always assumed that my cross-dressing began just because I was always surrounded by women. And yet someone that I met on the first time of going to this support group had completely opposite experience. He had his, his dad around. He was brought up in a very strict environment of, uh, where manliness was reinforced, you know, almost by force. And we both ended up in a very similar situation. <laughs> so it's a really interesting dynamic. I don't know exactly how your experience started, but it was always somewhere, something that was born out of real confusion. There was, there was a lot right. of shame involved in, in my feelings. Uh, I used to wish it would go away. I, I still do sometimes, you know. But um, I'm starting through listening to your podcast and talking to people. I'm starting to come to accept it as something that's kind of about who I am. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of behind the curve a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you still deny your cross-dressing or have you finally accepted it or is it still something you struggle with? Um, I guess it is something that is closeted and very private and only... Only my wife knows and the people that I see at this, um, this support group so far. And now you and um, <laughs> all your millions of listeners, I've realized. <laughs> um, yeah, what? so it's, um, it is very private. Mm -hmm. We have our reasons for that. You know, um, I, I have two, two children and um, mm. I want to make sure that they aren't exposed to anything that may be inappropriate or confusing at this particular time in their lives. I don't know if that will change. Mm -hmm. or whether it's something that I will perhaps always pretend from. I don't know. Man. Right. So wait, so you are married and you have kids. How did you come out to your wife? Let's start with there. Okay, so that's, that's kind of interesting. So like, I don't know if you or your listeners will have watched much uh, Friends, um, but there's a scene in Friends where Chandler is propositioned by Julia Roberts' character. Oh, yeah. I love that episode. She, ch she challenges him to, to wear her, her panties, okay? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that just kind of got a conversation starting between my wife and I. And she thought it was funny um, and something that was entertaining. And from that conversation, I kind of shared with her that, yeah, if I did that for her, it probably wouldn't be the first time <laughs> that I've <laughs> experimented in the past kind of illicitly with sort of stolen items and borrowed items. And she, she didn't react in a bad way. She didn't react. She, she wasn't in love with the idea, but she wasn't horrified either. So <laughs> that's kind of how the subject first began. And she asked me a few questions and we talked about it. And I did wear something of hers. Um, and um, we were really young, so we were kind of 17 when we first got together. And I think somehow or other, my mum my found out that this was going on oh. and decided to try and break my wife and I up as <laughs> boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, and wow. She thought the best way of doing that was to tell her that, that I was wearing something of hers um, and that I had a history of it. <laughs> hmm. And um, it, was, it was interesting. It, it was the beginning of the end of a, a difficult relationship with my mum. And um, it, it was very much the, the start of the journey where we ended up. Uh, very cleanly separated from 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 that side of my family. As a result, so she she tried to use it kind of as a weapon to break herself, and it really didn't work. So it was an interesting beginning, and uh, and I guess my wife's always known this about me and never really been too worried about it, other than she didn't want anybody she knows to find out 
speakers while she's quite open-minded and, and, and relaxed. Mm. And there's a lot of resonance with, with your, your girlfriend, your partner, um, because she was also brought up in a very strict religious background mm-hmm. and, you know, fully expects her family to, to never understand and to always be against the idea and right. uh, treat it very badly. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you actually came out to your wife before you got married. She was still your girlfriend? Correct. Oh, yeah, and so then you're... we've been together about three or four weeks. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, that's great. That's great to come <laughs> I, out early. Yeah. I totally recommend to come out early for so you can actually learn or get to know your partner before it's too late. Some people don't tell their wives at all until it's like 20, 30 years down the line. And I've read stories and you're like, oh, yeah. I didn't tell them at all. And then... Yeah, and it's, it's never about the... The actual cross-dressing, it's all about the betrayal and difficulty exactly. and trust and secrets, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you have such a strenuous relationship with your mom, it sounds like. And unfortunately, yeah, cross-dressing, yeah, yeah. ugh, geez, weaponizing it is unfortunate. Sure, sure. I mean, it's, it's something I've lived with for a long time now. I'm, I think I'm still in my mid-30s. I think 36 is still mid-30s, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I guess for longer than... For longer than I lived with my mum, I've lived without her. Oh, well. It's kind of a, a, an interesting. Well, and that must be difficult too, because you're. She uh, you said you you're raised in a single parent household, and it was your mom, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was. I, I've been left without any real family connection, um, and she's someone who has always found ways to play power games. So she's mm. been able to turn everybody in the family against us and. It was always a case of whoever, if, if you're on her side or you're not, or you're against her. And um, I kind of find out, found out the, the hard way what she would do if, if, if you're not on her side anymore. And we're better off without it. It's not a great source of pain or struggle anymore. It's just, it's just something I don't... It's just one of those support mechanisms that I don't have that other people do. Um, right. But I don't, I don't lose a lot of sleep over it anymore. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm glad you have a supportive wife, it sounds like. Well, that's a good start. Oh, yeah, she's the best. She's, she's absolutely awesome. We, we married really young, and we've never looked back, you know, just one of those really lucky, really blessed relationships. Oh, that's so sweet. When all else has failed and everything else has gone wrong, it's, it's a fantastic marriage, yeah. Oh, and you have two beautiful kids, it sounds like, two wonderful kids. How old are your kids now? Um, so they are 12 and 10. Ah, and... Do you think you'll ever tell them about your cross-dressing? Is that some point of contention between you and your wife? Do you think it'll be a struggle? Um, How do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I think I think we've reached a position as as a, as a couple where we don't we don't want any 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 of them exposed to it. I, we've reached a point as a couple where we we don't want anything to disturb their childhood, mm-hmm. um, to interrupt their kind of um, exposure to norms i guess and because i didn't grow up with a, a strong male role model i know how crucial that is likewise yeah <laughs> i want to provide that for, for my kids you know mm-hmm. and so i i know that things getting in uh, confident enough i guess in my in my father role <laughs> to be able to to do it you know in a dress and heels um as effectively perhaps uh, for, for their sake so i don't know i think that I, and I certainly, the last thing I want to happen is for anything that I 
have done in their upbringing to cause them the same sort of gender dissonance that I experienced. Mm. Because I kind of see it and always have seen this as the damaged part of me, mm. the part of me that I have to treat by dressing or by enjoying that, those things, but that I would rather wasn't part of me, if you understand what I'm saying. so No, I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't want them to have that struggle. But on the other hand, I know that if either of them do have that struggle, that I will be well-placed to be there for them and support them and be able to guide them and, and, and reassure them, I suppose, um, that they're not alone, that they're not weird, um, <laughs> they're, not, they're not ill, you know, that, that it's, it's something that is experienced by a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where we are. Whether that changes in future, I guess, very much depends on, on them and, and how they go. Sure. Well, let me ask you this. How do you personally identify? Is it solely a cross-dresser as of right now? Do you ever consider transitioning? Is there a gender right. um, identity struggle that you have? Um, I don't think I've ever been comfortable with, with the, uh, the role of male or father or man of the house, as it were. But I know that I would, I know that I would never kind of pass, um, even after transitioning or anything. I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel confident that I'm completely female either. I think I'm probably more male than I am female. I like the, the Native American tradition of two-spirit. I don't know if you talk much about that, but that, mm-hmm. that, kind of, that sort of resonates with me a little bit. Um, the idea that there are um, two sides of the same coin. And I definitely have more, more typical feminine aspects to my character and more masculine sides. Um, so th- th- there's almost like a war or a battle <laughs> taking place. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember early on, perhaps when I was, I think, 12 or 13, I did sort of, uh, I, did, I did feel strongly that I wanted to transition and that I was in the wrong body. Mm. And, uh, and I told my mom and she said I was wrong, that that wasn't true, that maybe I was gay, but I definitely was a man. And that I feel differently, it was a phase, I would grow out of it. And, you know, all these tired cliches you hear. And I never wanted to be a man until I met my wife. And so she, I've, the, the only pride or, or gratification I've ever got from being a man has been for her and what she values. My wife and I were talking the other night about this very experience I had as a, as a young, younger uh, child. And she, she was... Um, feeling as if uh, she, she didn't want to be the reason that I didn't uh, fulfill what would make me happy. Or she didn't want to be the reason I was unhappy, as it were. And she said, you know, would, if, if we hadn't got together, if we hadn't got married, would I have uh, transitioned? And I said, I don't know, but I think in, in all likelihood, I probably wouldn't be here because I've had depression at different times in my life. Right. I know that going through teenager years and, and through into early 20s, I'm fairly certain I probably would have attempted or succeeded um, to commit suicide if, um, if I didn't, if I wasn't well loved by somebody um, and, and, a, and a nice, you know, stable person to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that rather than her thinking that I'm begrudgingly remaining a man for her, I think she needs to perhaps take solace that um, there wouldn't be me here regardless of gender. <laughs> <without> <laughs> right, right. 
Mm. I guess you can see a little bit why why I'm not out out on the streets or out shopping uh, on farm from from that. You know, family pressures and society pressures. I guess this is not. We don't live in in most. I guess it's not a particularly modern part of the country, part of the world even. So, and there's aspects of that that we value, but we're also in a very small village, you know. And um, I know that uh, my children would suffer if if the kids found out that you know their dad was not dressing like all the other dads, you know. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm not familiar with how what part of London or England you're from, but I mean, how is right. The di- the dynamic. You said you're from a small village or a small town. What is the dynamic of or the, I guess, thinking of as regards to you know LB LGBTQ as they call it here in the United States? Yeah. How is that seen yeah. in your city or your I don't know your country? I think that my I live in a small village, so you know one school, one shop, one pub. <laughs> wow. So one one bar, you know, really quite a small place. Mm. But we're surrounded by fantastic scenery and countryside, um, which is why we moved here. We wanted to be somewhere like this. And mm. I think in the big cities in the UK, there are a lot, there's a lot more openness. Mm. But I think that we're definitely not California. You know, we're, we're not <laughs> Portland. Um, so it's, there's, there's quite, a, quite a big difference. I know there's a lot of political kind of backlash against the idea of teaching children Introducing children to concepts to do with gender non-binary situations, or oh, is there? Like, what is that kind of backlash? I mean, I think uh, from a political standpoint, we're so different, UK and the US. I think some of your uh, Democrats would struggle to get elected as as conservatives here in our um, in our society. We're traditionally a very tolerant politically kind of place. Um, but but I think that old traditional values hold very strongly to, to people. So while we might do the right things politically, we might be making all the right noises about being modern and, and with the times. I think it takes a long time for populations to catch up, mm. especially when it comes right down to you know the classroom. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the classroom is always the cruelest place. I think. Um, oh yeah, kids are mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that's um, that's where we find ourselves in, in the UK, specifically where we are. We're in the northeast. It's it's a people are very friendly, but it's a very non-diverse part of the country. Um, so there's very few non-white faces. Yeah, it just happens to be a very a very very white place. Um, <laughs> yeah, the majority of like America, they don't realize is like I think seventy five percent white. I mean, it's becoming more like yeah. less homogenized and it's becoming more, you know, there's people are actually mixing and stuff. So there's like a hot pot of people or, but you know, there, there do stand those old values. Like you said, people want to keep themselves white or so-called white or, you know, and there's less like diversifying, yeah. but it needs to be that way. Like, you, you know, so you can be okay with cross-dressing or be okay with these LGBTQ, you know, yeah. ideas. I think that that can't see it time in a million years where I would go out fully dressed anywhere that anybody might recognize me. But, you know, having said that, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to meet other people, other cross-dressers around oh, yeah. this area that maybe, you know, I could, I could see or, or we could, 
you know, swap tips and actually just accept each other. I've been, I've been, I'm looking for acceptance, I guess, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, if I had the, the opportunity, I'd probably explore something like drag performance as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, I'd really be really interested in that kind of thing. I've always been keen on acting and performing. Um, so that would be a really natural way of expressing. That was my next question. Okay. What do you would what would you like to do with your cross dressing? Do you want to go out? Do you want to be in public? Do you want to like take it outside the bedroom, sort of thing? Um, I think I'd like to, I guess, be able to invest a little bit more time and and be able to experience being cross dressed, being made up for longer, because trying trying to do everything within you know a school day or within a times when my my kids aren't around is is difficult and it's, it's there's not a lot of point in trying to do, do your nails and face to then take it off again. Um, I'm not interested in getting attention from some guys, I guess. You know, it's only ever something that I want and need to do for myself. It'd be, it'd be fun to, to, to do it a bit more with my wife if she was, you know, up for that, if she was up for going out together or shopping maybe. Mm. Or maybe just going shopping to a different place, a different city with, with, with new friends, that'll be pretty cool. Or yeah, like, like I said, maybe, maybe drag performance or something. Be a good way of expressing it. Now, what is your wife's thoughts on that? Like going out in public or doing things together or dressed up as um, stiletto? <laughs> as whatever <laughs> uh, you'd like to call yourself. <laughs> yeah, so I guess she's fine around the house. She's supportive. It took some time to get there. When I felt like it needed to be more than just, you know, the odd item underdress um, and I wanted to try different things and then that took some time and some, some talking and understanding and compromise and as long as I don't do it all the time then and it's not my only focus in life then it, um, it's mm -hmm. just a hobby that I do then she's really supportive she's given me some stuff I mean she just ordered some makeup and they gave her a free lipstick and she just handed it straight to me <laughs> and you know she's great like she wants me to do her makeup sometimes and practice and she gives me compliments and she give me advice and, and things, which is really, really cool. But I don't think she's probably ever going to want to go out together. I think that I really respect in her that she, she wants a husband, you know? Right. She fell in love with a man. She wants a man around. She wants to be protected. She wants to feel safe. She wants to feel well-loved and that things are as she, as she wants them, I guess. And, and that's, that's, that's cool, and I, I completely understand that. And as I said before, you know, I, I want to be that for her, and, and I've always wanted to be what she needs and wants. But sometimes I need a break, you know. Right, of course. <laughs> and, and I have to respect that with her. You know, I have to respect that she needs a break sometimes. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it it's a really quick thing. Whereas I can't, I've always been in a in position where I can't ever see anything good about myself, particularly hmm. in my male or drab dress. I have to appreciate that she does see something that she likes, you know, as much as I like her femininity. If she decided one day that she didn't want to be feminine in the slightest, I'd probably have a problem with that, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I, I have to understand that and, and um, see that from her perspective. And as soon as I do that, I completely understand. And, and really, I, it's about finding a good compromise between what fulfills my needs and desires and curiosities and what keeps uh, enough of a balance for her. Okay, well, run me through what your cross-dressing experience is now. Like, do you set a certain time of day for it? Do you only do it on the weekends? Is it a school day thing when your kids are in school? Run me through that kind of process. Sure, okay. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I, I'm lucky enough to work from home, and that means that while the kids are away at school, I can choose what I want to wear. Um, I can do my makeup. I tend to do it when I know that my wife's around so that I don't have to answer the door of the house. Because <laughs> 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 my wife shops a lot, and so do I. So we, we're always getting <laughs> delivered. So it's good that someone's around to answer the door. <laughs> And I have to make sure, you know, the front, the front curtains are closed and things like that for the neighbours. But yeah, so I guess maybe two or three tight days in a week I'll, I'll put something on or I'll, at different levels. And then recently I was getting quite uh, bottled up with stress and, and pressures. Um, I went away for a couple of days just to um, chill out, you know, and um, I took my work with me, but, um, but for, the, for two nights and best part of three days I was able to dress and, and be myself and not need to be any particular role for anybody and that was fantastic it was a really good break and sometimes I have to travel for work and I might take something with me to enjoy while I'm away actually the, the closest I ever came to getting uh, caught I guess um, was I traveled fair distance for work and I had just bought a new dress that I absolutely adored and I took it with me with, with, my, with my work clothes. And when I arrived at the location, I got in the hotel and I had, you know, even though I'm, I've got a really good suit carrier, I, I arrived and all my work shirts were just completely creased up after the long haul flight. So I had to get an iron and they hand me this, they hand me this iron at the hotel and it's not, it's not in the best of shape. Uh, this, um, <laughs> this iron is a little bit ropey. So anyway, I set up the ironing board, I put on some music and I start, start the ironing and I decide, hey, you know, I'm on my own, I'm locked in for the night, I'll put my dress on. So I put the dress on and it's got a back zip. And I'm I struggle with back zips, I don't know about you, but um there's a there's a point where if you can't pull it up, you can't quite reach it. It's like a, a bad itch in the middle of the back. Anyway, so I successfully get this zip up and I'm really happy and I'm I've got my music on and I start this ironing job. And um got the iron full of water and then suddenly the frayed cord on the iron Shorts out, and um, obviously some water or steam has got into this wire and cut out the electrics, and it cut out all the electrics to my room. Mm. So I'm in the pitch black, um, and it was a hot country I was in, and the um, so the aircon went off, and I'm scrabbling around the room trying to find my my phone or the, the phone for the hotel. I find that phone grasping around in the dark, uh, and I tell them that my electrics have gone off, and they say no problem. We'll send someone up um, to, to reset the electrics. And mm. I thought, oh, great. And then it hits me. I'm in the dark. I've got a dress <laughs> on that I struggle to get off. And I've got a hot iron somewhere in this room, and I don't know where it is. <laughs> so I'm um, sort of walking in circles, desperately trying to reach the zip on this dress. I get it off. I manage to find my uh, mobile phone and put the torch on. And I am absolutely coated in sweat by the end of this because of the aircon. <laughs> Finally managed to get... Um, Proper some some male clothes on and answer the door and they they come and do this but I was I was only about three seconds away from being caught really short so that kind of taught me a little lesson um, to not be quite so uh, adventurous I guess yeah, it's okay <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. I say it's all fun so <laughs> yeah it was uh, looking back it was very funny but um, at the time it was really stressful <laughs> yeah scary but yeah so I, I guess I guess sort of maybe maybe two or three days in a week I'll put something on or I'll mm -hmm. experiment with some makeup depending on how 
um, busy I am at work. And what do you do for work? Um, so I do, um, it's kind of like market intelligence work. Okay. Um, so I, I connect information that business people need to um, make better decisions. And I do that working remotely. And then sometimes I have to go and, go and meet people in person or go to trade shows. So. That's nice. Because well, that means you get to dress up whenever you're on your thing, right? Like you're in your hotel room and you do your makeup, like you said. Yep. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, I, do, I do get to enjoy that at home. And, and I think that would be really hard. I, I talked to, to someone I know just through Reddit who um, he doesn't get very many opportunities to, to dress. You can't do it at work, and you can't do it at home with the kids and family. So, yeah, I do have to be grateful for uh, the flexibility that my situation allows. Yeah, that's really cool. Tell me, how important is passing to you as a crossdresser? Um, I think it's a lost cause uh, for me. Um, <laughs> I think that I have, well, I know that I have absolutely zero hair. So we're talking about having by wigs. I have quite a thick beard growth. It's very hard to cover. My frame is not one that is, is at all ambiguous. I have quite broad shoulders, so it's quite a, it, it's difficult. I'm finding ways to dress that are more, more feminine and more pleasing to the eye, but it's not something that I stress about a great deal because I, I just never see it as something that's going to be possible for me. And I think that'd probably be, be true even if I were to take you know, hormones or have surgery. I think it'd be difficult. <laughs> so I guess it's not particularly, I'd love to, I'd love to pass. And I'd love to be in a situation where I didn't care and I could mm. do whatever I wanted to. And uh, I wasn't bound by the consequences of embarrassment or whatever. So I think it'd be great to be in that situation. And I, and I think sometimes when I go away, I can feel that, that little bit more anonymity that allows me to be a little bit more free and, uh, and feel less constrained. It's, it's nice to feel that sometimes yeah i agree the only time that perhaps i would i would envy living in a big multicultural uh, modern city because <laughs> no one would pay the blindest bit of attention to you <laughs> right mm -hmm. can i ask i don't know if it's too personal but is cross-dressing sure. at all a sexual fetish for you or do you find any sexual like kinks with it if you want to go into detail that's not but i mean i will in another episode but if you'd like sure. to talk about it. um and I appreciate the details you've got into in previous episodes. I can't promise to top um, the last ever podcast I listened to. <laughs> that, was, that was really deep. <laughs> I think the best answer I can give is it used to be mm. through kind of uh, teenage years, I think. Right. Hormones raging, extreme dissatisfaction with my body the way it is. So uh, I, think, I think it used to be something that I would find sexy, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think less so now. I think Appearing sexy and feeling sexy is part of cross-dressing, for sure. You know, I don't, I don't tend to wear anything that's, that I could pick up the equivalent of in male clothes, so I don't buy trousers, pants, or, you know, I don't mm -hmm. buy, you know, the kind of leggings or things like that, because I think, why bother? <laughs> or right, flashies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it's all about, it's about having something I can't normally have, I guess. But, yeah, it's not something I really associate with sexual gratification anymore. I don't think that out, and I, I don't think I think perhaps it was connected to being lonely at the time as well, having no real outlet or person to share sexuality with. I, I get that now, so I think I think they're quite separate now. The 
be. Then, um, so I'm interested to hear your 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 side on things when you come to reveal. <laughs> It'll be a lot. It's uh, I was still su- I still find some sexual kinks in dressing, but everyone has their thing, right? Like, I don't know what you're into, yeah. but you know, if, you know, you want to divulge that. But I'm into you know the cross dressing. I'm into sometimes pantyhose, wearing heels, that sort of thing. But for me, it's the yeah. femininity. Like I'm attracted, sexually attracted to femininity in, in all shapes and yeah. forms. Like, Absolutely. you know, I don't know if you feel the same way where like, you know, you see somebody in like really gorgeous heels or someone who has like a thin frame or whatever feminine, you know, like yeah. long hair or that sort of thing. Like that to me is very sexually appealing. I don't know if you feel the same way. I do. I do. And, and I think there's often tied into that is, is, is a bit of jealousy too. Um, if someone's really rocking something, it is. Yeah, I do. I do get 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 quite envious of the of, of them getting to getting to enjoy that quite so much. Um, <laughs> and you know, I know that the sexiest clothes are worn best by my wife. You know, and and she can she can really rock all, all manner of different outfits. Um, <laughs> she's she's very feminine in, in body shape. I wish perhaps sometimes that she wasn't quite so um, averse to some of the. You know, styles and makeup and things that, that I like, um, <laughs> but yeah, I get I get to try that out on myself sometimes, and maybe I'll get to try it out on her soon too. But she's um, she's she's quite a functional person. So she likes to be busy and get her hands dirty and uh, be in the kitchen, in the garden, uh, playing around with the dog. And um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm I'm a bit of a clean freak, so I, I kind of shy away from that kind of stuff. <laughs> 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 um, what is your favorite thing to wear when you're cross-dressed or do you have like a, you know, do you have a style or a fashion that you like to don? Uh, well, I guess I'm jealous of your fashion sense, um, and your ability. Uh, yeah. To... Slut. Yeah. That's my fashion. <laughs> 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 I love being a slut. Yeah. That's totally my fashion. <laughs> I wish I could be as, as, as stylish as you. I tend to just pick up what I can find. Um, okay. I think heels are an absolute must. Uh, I don't think any outfit where is, is um, made worse by a good pair of heels. And I think that pantyhose or tights, as we call them, were always one of the first things that I um, mm. kind of uh, tried and, and obsessed about, I guess, and were a real focus for me. The feel of those is something quite unique. And um, So, yeah, nearly every outfit I, I will wear would involve something to do with that. But I guess I, guess I kind of... I pick up outfits from thrift stores or charity shops mm. quite often. So I tend to, it tends to be quite a, a fun way of me just finding my own style, I guess. I don't think I'm in a place where I can walk into a high street sh- store and, and say, oh, 90% of that's not for me. I'm still kind of like a rabbit in headlights thinking, oh, I want it all, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still fairly new to it, but I mean, you can find your sense when... You know, I'm sure you go online and you say, that looks cute, that looks cute. You can try it on and if yeah. you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. As far as, like, makeup and stuff, um, what kind of makeup do you like yeah. to use and how did you learn how to use it? Does your wife do it for you? Or uh, No, she doesn't. And, and, and she never really wanted to. And that was one of those lines that, that she drew in the sand. Uh, and I, I respect. Uh, I think it was something that we started quite softly. Um, I... I maybe I picked up some mascara uh, and a lipstick that I liked, and I was just on one of my business trips. I was in an airport for hours, uh, and there was a cosmetics place, and the sales lady got chatting to me after a, a long time of um, trying to um, 
improves the, the, the cosmetic. And she helped and she showed me how to put things on and, and what my work and she did a colour test on me. Yeah. She helped me out um, that way and that was cool, that was amazing. Yeah. And then since then I've kind of I've watched a lot of online videos. Mm. I've, you know, followed some, some drug artists and some transitioning people and some people into female impersonation, but also really just your your regular, you know, popular YouTubers just showing techniques and products and things. My biggest struggle right now is, is covering that, that awful beard. So at yep. the moment I've just got some like some orange uh, concealer. Um, pink mm-hmm. concealer, powder, and I'm trying to work out how best to go with that. I yeah. use a Rimmel foundation, and we have a, a brand in the UK called Number Seven, which is um, which is some of my products by there. But yeah, I get into this I, the other day; it was ridiculous. I got into such a, a mess with layers of foundation and concealer, and one kept bleeding into the other, and it was coming off on sponge. <laughs> Terrible! <laughs> I had to wash it off straight away. <laughs> So yeah, really still learning. I don't know if you get a brand called Revolution in the US, but I've got a few eyeshadow palettes from them. My recent favorite purchase is, is the mermaid colors, kind of turquoisey pinks. What's so funny is that there are so many makeup products and so many makeup yeah. brands. My gosh, I don't know how girls do it, but you're just like, oh, that's pretty. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> and you're like, how is there like 3 million of these palettes? Right. You're like, what? How? Yeah. What? what? How do you guys do it? Like, I asked girls, I was like, how do you guys just pick? And I was like, oh, well, you just like what's pretty. I'm like, there's like a million of these. I'm like, oh, well, you just yeah. see what works. I was like, well, what? <laughs> I took your advice actually recently, and I think you said you said to, to buy, buy cheap uh, to start with. To, to yeah, start cheap. Because, like, store. honestly, yeah. if you find the, the more expensive ones are actually really good, but sometimes they just don't work well on your skin and the cheaper alternatives, if you don't have the right. money, like, don't go out and buy all the most expensive stuff. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's so true. Yeah, that's so true. I, I don't have a lot of disposable income. And, you know, I have other things I want to buy for other interests of mine, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we, we just we have a small portion of our family income that we put aside for, for our own spending. Yeah, um, that's good. And um, this, this just kind of, because we share, we, we've always shared, shared all our money, but we just have a little bit set aside each month just to, just to spend freely, you know, and guilt-free. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think probably in the last couple of months, I've spent a little bit too much of that just on, on feminine things. <laughs> wow, yeah. And yeah. so do you ever go, so you've never shopped in public then? Like for like dresses, you said, you only like, I mean, I guess not dressed up. <laughs> but um... right yeah no i've never gone out as a woman to do that but i have gone out um and just browsed browsed the store often with my wife you know we'll go uh, mm-hmm. we'll go around and i'll sort of hold in the head as if it's for her <laughs> would you ever have the balls to do it like just late at night and you know i've seen so many of these like and you see these if you've random youtube cross if you google cross-dressing like these people who yeah. go out late at night in a wig or whatever and they go in and they just go for a drive would you ever consider doing that um, I don't think so. I think okay. I'd have to be out with, with, with friends or people that I felt safe with. Mm. I think that it's quite easy as a guy who's not particularly small to take mm. for granted what, how, I think, I think you described how, how vulnerable you can feel um, dressed as a woman out late at night in a place you don't know or right. trying to be anonymous somewhere. It's actually, I don't think it's particularly safe. 
and especially if you do get caught or spotted, uh, clocked, you say, don't clocked. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, and, and I think that that would turn into a violent situation quite quickly. So I, I would probably be very nervous to do that. But, uh, I think I, who was it that, uh, I think Eddie Izzard said it. I think I was interviewing somebody else and he talked about, oh, there goes a guy I, in a dress. He's like, yeah, so <laughs> you just own up to it. <laughs> like no one's going to say like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I'll go on my way then. <laughs> like, oh, there's a guy in a dress. Like, so yeah, wearing a dress. <laughs> I think I think if people gain that more mentality more, I feel like, yeah, I mean, you own it. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, but you know, wear your wear your faults like a pseudo armor, and you know, it can't yeah. hurt you. I guess. Yeah, I know. That. I'd love to, and I think I think being that that confident is something that I trust me to to drag perform. Would you ever come out to any of your friends? Do you have a best friend that you would like to tell this person or you think they're just be so like judgmental they would, um, wouldn't even give you time of day? I think one of the very few downsides to having a really strong marriage from very young means that I've been left with very few sort of lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, I think that it would come as, I think it would come as a big surprise to my oldest friend. I don't have a burning desire to come out for him i think i'm i'm probably more interested in making new friends that already accept that path <laughs> ah, gotcha gotcha okay yeah so I, I probably wouldn't venture that way so i don't do anything you know my facebook is different from my you know my reddit account i guess you know just try and try and keep things quite separate mm. Mm. i see that I'm on Reddit as well. Just if you didn't know, look for me. I'm on. I'm usually on the cross-dressing things. I don't know how you found me. How did you find my web, the Crossyas podcast? How did I find your Crossyas podcast? I think that maybe a year or so ago, I looked for one using my podcast app. I use a app called Podcast Player, and I didn't find anything. And I tried all kinds of terms, you know, cross-dressing, transvestism, transvestite. Um, <laughs> I do that too all the time. <laughs> right, and I didn't find anything. And then I, something triggered in me to look a few months ago, and yours is the only one that comes up. I know. You are entirely, you are entirely unique. <laughs> um, so that's how I found it. Um, and I started to listen and connected with a lot of what you said and loved the advice. Um, I love the sound effects and sound bites you put in now. Um, and that, that you have these sort of different conversations. I think that's a really cool way of, of going with the podcast and um, it's nice to mix it up with some of the more personal stuff that you share and you know i have to say bravo for sharing about your experience with abuse um, that was oh yeah massively brave and, and and i think if more people did that i'm sure you've inspired people and i'm sure that people have told you how grateful they are for hearing that but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll add to those voices and say what a great job you did thank you I mean, I try my best to be as honest and open. And that's what I ask for my guests. Like, tell me what you want to tell me. Like, this is like, I will right. only post whatever you want me to post. If you don't want to hear yourself, like, that's fine. At least we got to talk. Like, uh, that's okay, too. <laughs> like, it, Yeah, that's really cool. Everyone has a story to tell. And it's hardly, there's, part, there's parts that are unique. There's parts we can relate. I just want, you know, the, right. it's almost therapeutic that for people, for me and for other people to just talk, yeah. just listen. Like you said, you don't yeah, have I, somebody there but like hey i'm here <laughs> you can talk to me i'm listening yeah no absolutely and, and that's really cool and, and i think that comes across in your in, in your delivery and 
I think that while well, you've inspired me with different things, I think that um, it's also um, just great to hear that you're not alone, that people experience the same thing. I think a lot of being closeted in, in cross-dressing, being very insular, uh, not telling your friends and family leads yeah. you to, yeah. to go through those cycles of purging through guilt and shame uh, and trying to push it away. And I just wish we lived in a world where it didn't matter. One of my favorite quotes comes from Eddie Izzard, the UK comedian and actor, yeah. who has always been a cross-dresser. Um, yeah. And he said, women wear whatever the hell they want to, and so do I. Um, and I just love that attitude of, yeah, you know, sometimes women will buy trousers or pants, and sometimes they'll buy a miniskirt. Um, and it, it shouldn't matter, you know. And when people ask him, you know, why, why does he wear women's clothes, he says, they're not women's clothes, they're my clothes. I bought them. <laughs> right, exactly. And I love it. I just, I just think that's, that's, just, uh, that's a level of confidence that I can only ever aspire to, I think. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, and that was going to be one of my last questions, was what kind of world do you want to see with relates to gender? If it was an ideal world that you lived in, would that be with yeah. gender? And yeah, I think it just wouldn't matter what, what side of the store you, you were shopping in, what, what you felt like wearing on any given day. Yeah, I guess. I guess in a nutshell, the cross-dressing didn't exist anymore, and it was just dressing how you it's felt. Just like. dressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably that's probably my ideal situation. I'd love, I'd love for that to be um, be the way the world works. And I think I think fashion styles for men are changing. Um, uh, I think wearing different materials, different Sometimes, you know, um, I remember, you know, David Beckham took the world by storm by wearing a sarong, uh, and some guys are going to Hollywood galas wearing dresses. And I think the more brave people like you are, are out there, the more normal it will become, and uh, the less a big deal it'll seem to everybody. Uh, I hope it's something that that will die off with the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not only the brave one; you're the brave one too. You reached out to me you wanted to be on the podcast i wanted you to be on it and i don't know i'm so thankful for you for coming on and sharing your story it's so sweet and well thanks to you know and i didn't know i reached people all the way in the northeastern part of england <laughs> that's right <laughs> <And> yes yes <laughs> yeah. well that's the funny thing no one realizes that we're everywhere there's cross-dressers all around the world and yeah you know, places that you wouldn't know and you're like oh cool because they think like, you yeah, know, we're, yeah. we're only located in San Francisco or New York or right. like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? In no, Hollywood. They're like, no, we're everywhere. I don't know. And there's an amazing tradition of, of um, I know in Indian culture, in that's like um, East, uh, East Asian culture and um, in African culture, there are gender swapping people in, in tribal communities. It's, it's, a, it's a known um, occurrence, uh, even you know, in the animal kingdom, there's, there's gender fluidity, and I think I don't know if it's a brokenness of the world of, of our uh, of our modern lives, where there's cellular damage, uh, gene mutations um, that occur over time. Um, it's a natural mutation, or it's just something that's always going to be with us, that's always been with us. I don't know. Uh, I don't pretend to understand, but it's. It is, it is a universal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. I know it's getting late there. It's only noon here or 1 p.m. Right, there. It's right. 9 o'clock there for you. I don't know if you... It is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to working in Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you, you work from... <laughs> you work late at night? I, I work late. I work early uh, whenever it needs doing. And the people that need to talk to me, I do it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I often say, um, I'm not sure if I work from home or I live at work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. But hey, you got to dress up anywhere you want. So that's, you're so lucky. Sure. <laughs> that is cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Or is there anything you'd like to, the podcast listeners should know anything you'd like to hear differently or you don't like, or I don't know, anything? No, I mean, I, I, I love it when people live authentically. And I think you can tell that from very early in a meeting or you know, very early on listening to a podcast that, that people are without kind of artifice. They're not trying to pretend to be someone. And when, when I hear that in your voice, I hear that in other people, that's something that is magnetic and, and fantastic. And that's what I just implore everyone to be explore around with your your personality if if dressing differently makes you feel different makes you feel better if trying out the the new snapchat filter uh, has got you curious or oh gosh yes um, what's up with that you Sorry, know, i love if, it if, if i love anything, that filter anything like that just explore yourself and just be <laughs> authentic and don't i guess don't worry about i don't try not to worry about what other people are going to think but one of the things i say to my kids is that nobody the only thing people ever remember about you is how you're different. Right. And so if you try to be normal, you'll be unremarkable and forgettable. Yeah, only true. I guess that's, that's, that's what I try and teach my kids to live. It's not something I'm very good at myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, how, how do people find you on Reddit? I know you've talked, I, I don't remember you talking about that in the past. Oh, I haven't put my uh, username on there, but I'm not going to get flooded with comments. But uh, if you look, <laughs> It's uh, my username is r slash it's r o f r a n g i s e l e rofrangisel. Okay, cool. You want to um, look me up? Look um, me up. Hit me up. I would love to see what well, pictures posted and stuff. Are there are there like gone wild photos on there from you? Because I'd love to see those too. I'm very interested in everyone's butt photos. <laughs> no, no, I'm not that brave. <laughs> um, but you can catch me. You can. Your listeners can connect with me if they want to on um, Reddit as Stiletto, that's one L, two T, and shoe as in the pastry shoe, C-H-O-U-X. Right, I'll look you up right now because I'm very interested. <laughs> See, so it's Stiletto, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O-S-H-U-X? C-H-U-X. C-H-O-U-X. Oh, yeah, I'm looking up like now. So uh, let me find you. I can't seem to find you, but I'll look you up later. <laughs> okay. I'll try and connect with you as well. And then be cool. S-T-I-E-L. Two L's? One L. One L, two T. Uh, Where are you? I can't seem to find you. One, one L, two T's. Nope. Can't seem to find you. Huh. Weird. Well, look for me on Reddit as the Rofran Giselle, if you, and then just hit me up, and I'll look at your uh, stuff. I post a lot of stuff. This was like, I've had this account for five years, though, so, yeah. Look at my old post. I'm on, I mean, I'm on uh, Instagram and all that other stuff, too. Cool, okay. Um, hey. well, I really appreciate you talking to me and, and having me on the show. Um, 
it's been a great chat um, and I hope we get to talk again in awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah really good to really good to talk thank you thank, thank you, you for having you. me on uh, and thank you for, for, for producing this this podcast and this resource for people it's really well appreciated it's people like you guys that reach out to me that I'm like, am I doing okay? And then people like you guys, thank you for doing this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm like, I got listeners or I got people who are like happy to hear me. Cause I get scared. I'm like, I don't know if anyone's actually listening to this or I, I also don't want to say the wrong thing. And then right. people, you know, like, so I'm like, oh, but I just want to release stuff just for, you know, my own stuff. And if anyone can yeah. you know, relate, that's all I'm hoping for. I don't know. I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time, all different types of interests. And I've never written to one before. And, you know, it's, people reading out podcasts and, and they read out things that they're listening to. And, and I always think, oh, that's interesting. But I've, I'm never driven to actually write, write in myself apart from, apart from yours. So you're doing something really good. And um, uh-huh. I'm sure for every person in the contact, there's, there's, there's a thousand who are too shy. <laughs> well, thank you, Stiletto. I'm not very um, out there online. Um, um, but, but people can chat with on, on Reddit if they feel like they want to ask questions or anything. Oh. Well, hey, I found you. <laughs> Sorry, I just replied to your thing. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Stiletto. Uh, you've been an amazing guest. Um, people will love this episode. Yeah, keep up the good work. Um, thank you. I hope you have a good day. And I hope, uh, I hope you'll, uh, you get lots of sponsors and you, get, you manage to make a really good revenue and uh, Everyone visits your sponsors and and follows your links. And now it's time for Kirsten's Corner. And this is Kirsten's Corner. This week, (laughs) this week we talk about leg hair or waxing and shaving. How about leg hair removal? Leg hair removal. How about hair removal? Hair removal. Kirsten, what's your experience with hair removal? So, I think I said to start, like, shaving my legs what, in, like, sixth grade. I don't know. I have the care. And it's like they always say, like, oh, when you start shaving, if you start shaving, then you got to keep keep it up, you know? Ugh. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I've always been shaving. And then, like, you know, you, you always go through, like, the spouts of, like, not wanting to shave because you're lazy or, like, you shave, like, only in like the summertime and then like in the winter you just wear pants you know well, especially like if no one's seeing your legs which is like me for a long time anyway but I actually uh, was recommended by a friend um, to do leg waxing because she said it's you know you're it trains your hair to not grow back as fast and it grows back thinner and like yeah it can like be pricey but you honestly don't have to shave that often I was like huh let's try it out so I actually been waxing my legs for about maybe like two years, probably. Um, I go to European Wax Center. Um, there, it's a chain, and there's a, like a bunch of them everywhere. I think. And things that I like about European Wax Center is that well, I've never been waxed in other like with other places, but it's it's definitely not painless. But it's a little bit less pain because they don't use like cloth strips. They just put the wax directly on your legs and then pull the wax. 
which it's a little bit easier on the pain and like all the stuff that uses natural, et cetera, et cetera. But specifically for my legs, if you're going for the first time, you have to make sure that your leg hair is at least a quarter inch long. And when I went the first time, it wasn't. So like for a while, it took me a really long time to get kind of like a cycle going because some of my hairs would lift and then some of them would stay in. And then maybe a couple weeks in the ones that were still short or like growing in and it was like uneven for a long time. So I had to let my hair fully grow out before I started fully waxing it. And so now my the what is this like, like my lower legs? Yeah, my yeah. lower legs. Well, the front. This is not my calf. So my lower legs. Um. The hair there is not as thick as it used to be and it doesn't grow back like as much like there's not as many like the follicles don't grow back hair um, as often and then especially for like my top leg like my thigh um, the, the hair is super thin and um, it yeah again it doesn't grow as much so I definitely recommend it you do have to really take care of exfoliating especially if you're prone to ingrowns which I am so whether it be like getting one of those exfoliating like gloves or towel things and using that before you shower or during the shower with like body wash or whatever that helps oh uh, you know um, targeted ads are like super real so I got targeted for that fur oil I'm sure you guys have I don't know if you've ever seen it I see, I saw it on Instagram but it, it's like supposed to be like a serum for to help with hair growth and for waxing to help your hair grow in thinner and prevent ingrowns so I've been using that and it has made a difference unless I'm just like you know as uh, Giselle says it's a place bow just a place bow whatever placebo place bow placebo Anyway, so since I've been waxing my legs, I also wax my underarms and I wax other things which are painful but worth it because honestly shaving like sucks. So I feel like ingrowns are worse and like you have to you have to shave so much more often. Yeah, I don't know. What's the importance of hair removal for you? Like why do you need to remove hair? Some people like hair. I think... I don't know, sometimes like when you wear a dress or shorts, like you just don't want everyone to see your leg hair. I don't know, like I know like a lot of feminists are all about like, let it, like why do we have to, you know, like be hairless? I think for me also, I don't know, I just prefer it. I don't know, but my, sometimes my armpit hairs are long. Like right now they're long, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I also, I don't know, like when I was, dating or like when you're dating someone new you kind of always like want to be groomed or whatever but I feel like now I don't care as much why I don't know because you also said that you don't care about like if I'm hairy or whatever like even on my legs it's not too prickly Mm. so you don't recommend shaving not that I don't not that I don't recommend shaving it just depends on if if you don't mind doing it every day I just feel like it's again it's one of those things where someone does it for you but again, it's like kind of expensive, you know. How much do you pay for waxing? Um, so I have a wax pass. So um, I, I do like I prepay. I think depending on like if when I got my deal or if there's like a special, but you buy like seven or seven or eight or nine like a wax pass for like legs. So that's like nine waxes for I don't remember how much, but then I pay four like four installments. So it comes out of my credit card. So... But, like, say a, a full leg wax is, like, $76 full per time. What does that mean? What's a full wax? A full leg wax is the top and the bottom, and they do your toes for free. Anyway, so that's, like, $76, a re- like, regular price, but then if you buy, 
you know, a pass, I think it's like 10 or $15 less. Hmm. I don't know the exact math. What? And they don't expire, and, like, you can pre-book. Uh, if you pre-book, you get points towards products or whatever. But they're also, they are also have an app, and they're also really good about canceling and rescheduling, too. This is European Wax Center. European Wax Center. They ain't paying me for this, but I well, want to give them some shout-outs because you, know, you like them a lot. I do. But I also have – a lot of people do um, sugaring, which I've never done, but what it's – sugaring? Sugaring, so it's like a – it's like they do like a ball of wax, I believe, and they kind of like rub it over your leg here and it pulls it out slowly. I've never done it, but I heard it's it's also like not as painful as like regular waxing. Is that a company? What's a sugar? No, it's like a, a style of like, like, of like hair removal. And they do this at European Wax No. Center? It's like a different places. And how often do you go to get your hair waxed? Uh, like a little bit over a month. And you notice a difference mm-hmm. immediately? No. So like, well, immediately yes in the way that, because you had a, you guys, Giselle would always be like, no, no, my hair grows back too fast. That's why I don't wax. I'm like, I was like, no, like when you wax, it doesn't grow back as fast. No, no, my hair, it's grows grows back so fast exactly and, how I thought. yeah and i was like okay and then this fool gets waxed like what like Three, two weeks ago two weeks ago and like, the hair's like barely growing back at all i was like oh man the hair's like not even growing. like oh really is it not but i have an ingrown hair that oh you got she's been, she's been complaining about this ingrown hair for like a week it's and huge. i i thought i pulled it out yesterday but no i did not there's like a hair in there somewhere and i smells. and every time like i said oh it hurts it hurts so much <laughs> It hurts, guys. It's Try crazy. getting waxed down there and talk about what hurts. So, have you gotten a bikini wax? Uh, yes, I've gotten a bikini and a Brazilian wax. And what are those? What's it? I so bikini? Don't... Okay, so bikini is just the front, just the front. Front of what? The front of your pukengeng, you know? Okay. Okay, just the front. Um, and then a Brazilian is when they do like the whole thing, like even your butt, like your butthole. And you've gotten that done? Yeah. And how? First off, why? And second, is it painful? Because it sounds so. Painful. Why? Why not? I've always wanted to try it, and I've like always had like such a fear. I thought that if I would do it, I, my like vagina would fall off. <laughs> I was very scared to do it. But then again, my same friend who recommended wax. Oh no, a different friend recommended because I asked her like, does she shave or does she wax? And she said she gets it waxed. And I was like, okay. So I was gonna try it just because I wanted to see if like I would die or not, or if my vagina would fall off. Mm-hmm. It didn't. But I will say because I think I'm the type of person who always like overhype something to like the extreme so that when it actually happens or when I go through it and it's it's not as bad it's fine so that's kind of how it was Mm -hmm. where it's like especially like when I got my first tattoo I thought it was going to be like the most painful thing on earth and it was fine Mm. you know but anyway so the first time I got a Brazilian wax I was like thought I was going to die but then because I was scared that like that like the the whole skin was going to come off I don't know but then it was okay it wasn't that bad but I feel like did kind of screw me over because like every time I think it's not going to be that bad and then I go and I'm like Ooh! it hurts it hurts it really hurts it hurts and like but like some I think you asked me once oh is it like does it like turn you on and I'm like nah because even like the girls like all up in there you know like touching all around like really? trying to get all the hairs and stuff it's not sexual at all it's like oh she's it's like very clinical and it's oh. very that's also what I really like about European Wax Center is that it's very professional and jenny shout out to jenny at the european wax center at long beach town center that's where i go and i've been going to her for like a while now uh, we have harry potter in common we talk about like the thing is like i'm in there for like 45 minutes getting all my stuff done so like we talk the whole time so it's cool 
Hmm. Yeah. You recommend wax? Yes. If it fits in your budget. And even, I also recommend even just trying it once. Do you only recommend waxing for it down there? What about like, you know, people wax their eyebrows. If you wax their like face, some for facial hair, because some processors, they have very long facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to wax my, uh, so before I was, before I used to, well, I was first introduced to waxing like my eyebrows and my upper lip from my mom. Um, and then I used to do that like, I don't know, like high school and then i don't know when threading became like a thing and like zeba was like became like a really big thing especially if you're from like it started like in socal like cerritos area because they have like the whole little india but then i started doing threading and i would do that and then it just i think it became too expensive like when i wasn't like really working or when i was in school so i stopped doing it and then now i just kind of maintain my own thing so i don't really get my eyebrows done anymore Hmm. i have been considering microblading but haven't ventured there yet well thank you for that little thing on waxing kirsten's corner (laughs) i don't like that thanks okay bye 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 and that's it for this week's episode guys thanks for tuning in hope you guys like this episode Kind of on the longer side, lots of stuff to cover. What a great interview I thought I had with Stiletto. I think you guys thought it would be good too. I don't know. She was a great guest. She had lots of information uh, that I learned about. Like I didn't know there's. First off, I didn't know I have a, I have listeners outside of the U.S., let alone the U.K., let alone a tiny village in the U.K. But she provided a lot of information. Hope you guys learned a little bit about Kirsten and her hair removal stuff. And yeah, stay tuned for next week. I should have an interview with someone from the great city of Philadelphia. Uh, She was great. She's a different kind of cross-dresser. She's a cross-dresser of color, uh, which we don't get a lot of, I think, that are public about it. And there's many reasons why. And we'll talk about that next week. Uh, And you'll hear my talk with, and her name is Kira. Wonderful, wonderful, lovely guest. Uh, You guys will love her. Uh, But that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your what's left of July. Yeah, uh, tune in again next week. Hope you guys have a good one. And remember, guys, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I am just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more.